eaten. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have instructed a widow here there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thanks so much, uh, Ruth, for reading that, and uh, Pete, and the great variety of uh, foods that we've uh, all been assessing, whether we would give them away or not. Um, we're going to look at this passage in just a moment. I thought I would get you, first of all, to ask a question amongst yourselves for a moment, if I can. Um, I'll get you to turn to somebody who might be nearby, if you, if you uh, are able to do that, or just ponder it on your own if you'd like to. If someone said to you, kind of right now or after the service, um, that they wanted to come to your house today... Um, and uh, eat with you, um, what thoughts and feelings would you have at that point? If someone said they wanted to come right now over to your house and eat with you, what thoughts and feelings would you have? How would you react to that? Maybe just for a, a few seconds, turn to somebody nearby. Um, how would you feel if someone said that to you today? Now, my guess is, if I can break into those conversations, my guess is there might have been a range of responses and there might have been quite a wide, you know, some of you might have been thinking, well, I'm excited by that. That sounds fun. Um, that would be really interesting. I've got lots of food in, uh, in the house as it happens. Some of you may be much more um, anxious or unsure. Some of you may think, well, I really don't actually have anything. I haven't got anything planned. Pete might have been thinking, well, I've got one roast potato that I will give you and that's it. Um, some of you may be thinking, oh, I, I, it kind of depends who it is. Um, I don't know how I would feel about that. You probably haven't said, is it someone I know well? Is it someone I don't know? Um, uh, how, how has this week been for me? Um, how am I feeling? What have I done through this week? Have I got the energy for that? Some of us may have been a bit more anxious, uncertain. You may have reflected on your character and said, well, that's the kind of thing that I, I find really hard if somebody tells me. If, they, if they'd given me a week's notice, I might have been able to plan for it. All of those thoughts might be in your head. We may, and we're a variety of people here, and there'll be some different reactions and responses. Now, as we develop this series, and we're touching on some different areas of the Bible and some different aspects of this topic, we're thinking this morning and building on where we've been and thinking, 
What does hospitality look like when things feel harder? What does hospitality look like when things feel more challenging or more difficult? And the the two things I want to draw out of this particular story, uh, the first is, is this, that in hard times, hospitality may feel impossible. In hard times, hospitality may feel impossible. The story that we have here takes us back into the Old Testament again, several centuries ago, ago. And we've had some of the background from Pete, and I want to draw out a couple of things uh, that match what he was talking about. The background helps us understand why this story is um, uh, as significant as it is. It is, as Pete was saying, it is a time when people had turned away from God. So when I use the phrase that there were hard times, there were hard times kind of spiritually and physically. People had turned away from God. And there are two places that I want us to, to know about. One is um, Israel, and one is this place called Sidon. Now, this is a map that we've used before. It's amazing how often Sidon appears in the Bible. But uh, Israel, you can see, uh, um, there in the center, and uh, Jerusalem down the bottom. And then Sidon is up in the north. And so outside of God's people, um, it's on the coast there. It's a different, um, a different part uh, of the country. Um, Israel was supposed to be known as the place where God was worshipped, where the God Yahweh was worshipped. Sidon was a different place, and it was where they worshipped uh, a God called Baal. Uh, Sidon was known for two things, uh, the Bible tells us. It was known for, they were apparently very, very good at felling trees. Um, I don't know why we know that from the Bible, but we do. If you wanted your timber, uh, you went to Sidon. Uh, they were good at cutting down trees. They were also known for Baal worship, for worshipping another god. Um, and they thought Baal, Baal was described as, in my words, the god of life. They thought he was the god that brought them life and what they needed. And he made things grow. Um, and then alongside these two places, there are two family lines that it's helpful to know about. And they are um, uh, in Israel and Sidon, two family lines. So in Israel, there was a family line. The kingly line had come down to a chap called Omri. Um, and he was, uh, they were a family who were known for being opposed to God. And they'd led people away from the worship of the true God of the Bible. Um, over in Sidon, they had a king, um, and they named him after Baal. They called him Ethbaal. Um, so they put his name, uh, in his name, they called, uh, they, they added Baal. So you could tell that they were a family of Baal worshippers. And what had happened in the land was, uh, the, the children of those two kings had married. So Ahab, who we heard about, who was Omri's son, had continued to lead people away from God. He was known as one of the worst kings in the Bible uh, for this. And he had married a woman called Jezebel, who was the daughter of Ethbaal. So what has happened is God's king, God's people, have made an alliance through marriage with uh, Baal worshippers. So it was hard times spiritually. There's very little spiritual life or worship of God in the land. And it had led to this judgment on God's people that there would be a drought. And Elijah was the one who had announced that there would be this drought. There will be hard times. There will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, uh, said the Lord through Elijah, except at my words. And it's as if God is saying to them, well, you've put your hope and your trust in this, this God of life, Baal, and let's see how well he can do now. Because the God of the Bible has said, there's not going to be any rain. 
for the next few years. And Elijah is in the middle of this, in this difficult, hard time spiritually, hard times physically, there's going to be a drought. And Elijah is told to go to Zarephath uh, in Sidon, and he's sent there, so he's sent into the heartland of Baal worship. And he's sent to a non-Israelite, he's told to go to a widow, and widows, as uh, we've been learning, are amongst the most poor in society. We learned, do you remember last week we looked at Naomi, who had come back to Israel very poor, having suffered great loss. Widows were those with the least. So can you see what's happening is Elijah, imagine him sort of praying and saying to God, okay, you, you, you're telling me to go to Zarephath, you're telling me to go to someone who's not from God's people, not from your people, God, and you're telling me to go and see a widow who's not got very much. Why are you doing this, Lord? There are hard times, spiritually and physically, and there's a little scene that we we arrive at. You can imagine how this plays out. So there is Elijah, arrives in the town of Zarephath, uh, and he arrives um, on the edge of town and sees this widow and understands this is the widow he's got to go and uh, speak to. And so he goes there, verse 10, uh, he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Uh, As she was going to get it, uh, he called, and bring me please a piece of bread while you're at it. Um, And she turns around and says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Can you imagine what she's saying to him? Look, are you kidding? I am here. Can Can you see where I am? Can you see who I am? Can you see what I don't have? And you're saying to me, uh, could you, on, on your way, could you give me some water? And on your way, by the way, could you make me some breads? Do I look like I am a Michelin star chef? Um, where, where exactly do you think you are? Who do you think you're looking at? She's actually at the town gate. Um, and the town gate uh, is the place where you looked for help. It was actually the place that you went to for help and, in fact, to receive hospitality. So actually, he's met this widow at the place where she herself was hoping to find support. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, if, if she's got no help there, there's not much that she is going to be able to offer Elijah. And it's as if the whole city has closed off its, uh, uh, its doors, drawn up its shutters um, to her as a widow. So the scene is quite stark. It is hard times. And she doesn't have much to give. Now, I wonder just this morning, I don't know where you are all at. I don't know how the past few months have been for you. And, and indeed, as we, you know, we all reflect on the past 16 uh, months or so, who perhaps doesn't resonate with that feeling, that sense of where the widow was in a COVID year that we've had? I wonder if you feel like, in a sense, you are at the town gates. You're somebody who's saying, well, look, I... I'm at a place where I don't have much, whether that's physically or spiritually. I'm at a place where the world feels like it has closed up its shutters. In fact, in many ways through this year at points, that's what we've all had to do, isn't it? We've had to close our doors, draw up our shutters to the outside world, it has seemed. Perhaps we feel we don't have energy in the tank. Um, Or for some of us, we don't feel we have cash in the bank, 
to be offering and looking out to others. I think just as we go through this series, and one of the things we wanted to do as we land on some of these different passages, is acknowledge that. Acknowledge what it has been like over this past year or so. We may not be in a position where we feel like we have much to offer, where we have much uh, that we can give. That may be an important thing to land on and to reflect on and note. The widow was there. She was at the town gate, the place where you went looking for help. And Elijah has the cheek and the audacity to say, can you bring me some bread? So what is it that happens? Well, that's the second part. If, in, in hard times, hospitality may feel impossible. It may feel like it's just beyond you. Uh, hospitality, we learn, and we see in this story, is trusting a life-giving God. That actually, in those hard times, physically and spiritually, there is a God who can bring life and change what is going on. So um, Elijah speaks to her and says, verse 13, he says, don't be afraid. That great word of reassurance that you hear in the Bible from time to time, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Now, Elijah is basically saying to her, why don't you try it and see? Why don't you try God out and see what he can do? Why don't you try? It's worth a go. It kind of links back to where we started our series. If you weren't with us, we started our series a couple of weeks ago looking at the story of Abraham. Richard spoke to us about Abraham, and this in some ways is a mirror of that story. You have a very similar thing happening, but with some differences. There, Abraham, Abraham the great founder of God's people, um, he was open to hospitality when he had these visitors arrive, and Richard talked to us about the blessing that he received, the promise, uh, the, the word of encouragement that came when he opened his home to the guests that he had. And in this story, you have something similar, but the situation is very different. Abraham, founder of God's people, very wealthy in a great position. Here we have the widow, someone poor, someone without means, and someone not of God's people. But actually here, a Gentile, a woman not of God's people, is shown uh, that she too can receive from God when she is open to hospitality. Quite different circumstances, but a similar thing happens. And this woman was somebody who Jesus thought was really, really important. Uh, In the New Testament, Jesus talks about the widow from Zarephath. And he talks about her as somebody who was just a great example. It comes in Luke chapter 4, if you want to look at it later on. He actually saw her as a judgment on God's people because Israel at the time had ignored God And so God had kind of bypassed them and gone to this widow, someone who wasn't from uh, God's people. And she showed herself willing to trust God. Someone who wasn't of God's people, she was willing to trust God even when God's people didn't. And he says, look at her. And to God's people, he says, look, be ashamed in a sense. See what this, this poor widow was willing to do when you weren't. Jesus thought she was a remarkable woman. 
What is it that she finds when she does trust him? She gets enough to keep going. She gets enough to keep going. Verse 15, she went away and she did this. So she, you imagine she goes and makes this uh, little loaf and she comes back. And she found there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of oil was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word the Lord had spoken by Elijah. There was food every day. So it didn't mean that suddenly this Asda truck arrived with a, a, you know, a, a vast delivery that was meant to last her all year or, or even all month. It wasn't that somehow God sort of changed her circumstances and suddenly she went every day. There was this enormously full uh, um, uh, kind of larder that would last her for weeks and weeks. Actually, she received enough for the next day. She received enough for what she would need for the day coming. And it was enough to trust him, to trust the Lord each day for the next one. That was what she was being asked. That was what she was receiving. Now, I don't know where each of you are at at this point, uh, as I was saying. Uh, We had, um, for the first time um, just in the past few days, we had people stay with us in our home um, for, uh, I guess, a year or so, that little window when restrictions were open in Manchester and you could have people stay about a year ago. It was the last time I think it was. We had, the, we had people stay with us for the first time. And I have to say to you, it felt very strange. It felt really quite unusual to have people stay in our home, uh, to, to feed them and to, uh, and, and to have them um, uh, with us. And at the various points, I found myself asking, do we still know how to do this? Do I still know how to do this? Do I have energy to do this? I've been, you know, I've been, I've been kind of living a life where that didn't happen, uh, where you, I could retreat back into my home. Do I still have the capacity to do this? What will it mean for our family life in our particular circumstances? Can we pull this off? I don't know what your summer will bring for you. Um, children, young people who are here, I imagine this might be a point in the summer where um, perhaps for the first time you're asked... You'll, you'll see cousins or friends or you'll, you may go and stay with people. It may be the first time that you have been asked in a long while, you know, can you give time to friends that you have? Can you share with them? Can you uh, play with them? Can you give uh, kindness to them? It may be the first time that grown-ups, you're doing the same thing as you go and visit others. As restrictions lift for all of us, it might be the first time that we are really being asked Can we reach out to others? And I guess the question for us is, are we willing to trust the Lord in that? Are we willing to trust him and come to him? Part of hospitality is saying, if you think about the widow here, part of hospitality is saying, God, I want to trust you in this. I want to trust you to help me in this. I want to look to you to provide for me in this. And God showed this woman that even in the very little that she could give, that God was saying, look, I can provide for you. I'm not going to bring you a delivery that's going to last all year, but I'm going to give you enough for tomorrow. And you'll need to trust me again tomorrow. Will you do that tomorrow and the day after and the day after? 
Um, I've been giving you questions to reflect on as we go through this series. Here is today's as we bring this together and, and finish up. How do you want to grow in hospitality? How do you want to grow in hospitality? And how can you pray about that? How do you want to grow in hospitality and how can you pray about that? Because hospitality is, is horizontal. It's, it's something we, we relate to others. But as you'll see from the widow's story, it's also how we relate to God and whether we're willing to trust what he would say to us. She was willing to trust the word of Elijah, God's word through Elijah to him. It's quite an important moment uh, in the stories. We see that God is trustworthy. Um, how do you want to grow in hospitality? How can you pray about that? I'd love you to reflect on that uh, over this week, perhaps, and as we make our way through this series. Our next song that we're going to stand and sing um, is a, it's a real song of trust as the musicians make their way up. Uh, he will hold me fast. It's a, it's a prayer. It's a song that says, I am looking to you, Jesus, each day. I don't know what the rest of the month will bring. I don't know what the rest of the year will bring, but I'm going to trust you today. And tomorrow? Well, I'll trust you tomorrow. Let's stand and sing together.